This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is JJ Barrett, and you're listening to The Step Back. I like this, TK. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Don't get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, it get tragic. Yeah, Look with the ball, tragic. yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Don't got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam, I spaz like Dallas. Set out on rapping, God. If Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps. Looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap. On your team head, I ain't talking heads. Dang, go relax, kill that a champ. Diva still coming with the Calibus flow. The man's the best on the Welcome floor. back to another edition of the Step Back and Mavs podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined by my Sports Illustrated colleague, Matt Galatson. As a lot of you know, uh, our new Mavs site, it's uh, MavsSI.com, is up and running. Uh, We're going to have some of that uh, Mavs content, the great Mavs content we provided for you uh, at DallasBasketball.com and 24-7 Sports. We will now be doing that over at MavsSI.com. Matt, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a ecstatic about it. I, I'm ready to get going. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't think I've written anything in like at least a month and a half going on two months. So, <laughs> Yeah, you're... <laughs> You're the one that's uh, that's pining to get on to get on the train and start riding again. I'm uh, I'm not quite as excited as you are, just because I'm, well, you're... I'm still busy with other <clears throat> writing stuff. But I well, mean, I mean, yeah, you're you're having you're having to cover Dallas Cowboys preseason games for the fans, so I I, I understand why you're not as excited about it. But well, you know, yeah, for the last... but I'm also doing it for the CowboysSI.com site, which is part of the same network. True. Um, but, no, I mean, it's really exciting to be able to have that, that name brand behind you and, um, you know, the, the full capabilities of, of their network. I mean, it, it's not <clears throat> looking exactly like it's going to look in the end once they get everything integrated and and all that stuff but you know once that happens over the next couple of months it's gonna it's gonna be looking pretty pretty yeah the the exposure that our work will get i mean we had we had a really big following at at dallasbasketball.com and they're they're following us you know over to, to sports illustrated and the maven now but you know the the platform that sports illustrated gives us now is something that I think I mean that that's what's big to me because a lot more people are going to get to see our stuff now and Sports Illustrated is more focused on the uh, the pro side of things where uh, as we know 24-7 sports they were more interested in in college sports so 
I think that's going to be huge uh, for all of us. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I'm ready to get it going because, like I said, last three, four weeks, I know I said almost two months, but it's really only been about a month. Uh, the podcast has been what's, you know, kept me going. So I'm ready to hop in there. I, I just got access to the site today. Both of us did. So Mav's content is on the way. But I'm excited <clears throat> Matt, for you, Dalton. Write your little heart out. Yes. I, I mean, I, I, I might... I might just start out with a Bobon piece. I don't know. I'm debating right now what I'm going to do, but I'm going to get started tomorrow. I'm going to start writing, and I'll probably have something out by the weekend. So I might write three thousand words on why Bobon was the best character in the history of the John Wick franchise. Who knows? I would read it. I would read that too. So that's I mean, a very rare type article. <laughs> but you know, speaking of you know that 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 topic, if you did write on it. Uh, That'd be kind of similar to what we're about to talk about now. And we're kind of late to the party because all the hype uh, happened last week, it seems like, or the week before last. The Popeyes came out with a chicken sandwich. And I, I feel silly even talking about this on the podcast. But well, it's they came out with a, <laughs> They came out with a chicken sandwich. And at first, just like, okay, big deal. It's a chicken sandwich. Well, then the hype started to build and started to build, and I was finally just like, you know what? I'm going to have to go try this. And I went and tried it, and wouldn't you know it, it's amazing. <laughs> it's like one of one of the best chicken sandwiches I've ever had. And that, that got me to thinking, and it got us to both thinking, like, what's the best chicken sandwiches out there? And we made a top five list, and Matt, I'll, I'll let you go first. And then when we get to mine, just know that I had a, a couple other places on mine that I wanted to list, but Matt was like, no, that's only in Mississippi, and nobody else can, <laughs> can find those. So we we stuck to fast food chicken sandwiches. Well, not, so, not necessarily fast food, but like chain. Like things that well, you can find basically anywhere in the right. country, especially in Dallas, which is where most of our listener base is. Right, because uh, you know some of these aren't really considered fast food. You're right. So, with that being said, Matt, name off your top five. Got start from the bottom, start at number five, and go up to number one. Okay, my number five is Wendy's, uh, the spicy chicken sandwich at Wendy's. It's uh, it's it's solid. It's 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 big. It's got some really good fried on there. It is solid. Um, <clears throat> it's nothing too crazy, nothing special, but it's it's real chicken. It's not like that you know crap they have at McDonald's. It's like ground up <laughs> and you know whatever. You don't really know what's in there. It's mystery chicken. Matt, you don't believe McDonald's when they say they went to one hundred percent white meat? Not on the McChicken man. <laughs> It's still delicious, but I don't know what the hell's in it. Right. Um, you, you're really not sure if it's a chicken sandwich or not. I, I get it. Yes. Uh, number four, I have to go with uh, apparently a, contro- a controversial choice in Dalton's eyes. Uh, <laughs> Cane's. I mean, I know it's not like the go-to thing when you, when you go to Cane's, but like if you're going to Cane's for lunch, for example... I always feel like a sandwich is more of a lunch food, so I'll, I'll grab the sandwich and just dump that cane sauce all over it and go to town, and it's really good. 
Um, See, you're like the only person I know of that gets a sandwich at Cane's. I only do I just it for feel lunch. Like, well, like when you told when we talked about this before we got on the pod, and when you told me that you were going to list Cane's on there, I was like. Maybe he means that he got an extra Texas toast and he's putting his chicken finger between, between the two toasts or something. Oh, I've done that. But no, you, well, I mean, I have too, but that's that's what I thought you meant by a Cane's chicken sandwich. I didn't think you actually ordered the sandwich off the menu. Oh, I that's did. All they do is put, that's all they do is put chicken tenders on there with buns. I know, and it's good. I can't help it. <laughs> like, that's a good chicken sandwich. Um, uh, well, anyway... <clears throat> You know, another uh, I should go back a little bit, a little bit. An honorable mention is the um, honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich from Whataburger. Excellent. Oh my gosh! Why? Do, I'm gonna have to change my. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to change my my list here last second. Um, how did I not think about Whataburger? I don't know. I just thought about it. You can tell how much oh, prep we man. put into this conversation. Well, look. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I'll 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 list the five that I had before, but I'm changing number five. Okay, uh, fair enough. My number three is actually Popeyes. Um, for a while, it was up there at number two, and then I decided to do some some extra research, and I went to um, a place that I didn't even know was in Dallas for a while, that I had in Mississippi all the time when I was at Ole Miss. And that's Zaxby's uh, Cajun Club. It's unbelievable. That's my number two. So that that jumped ahead of, of Popeyes, and then number one still Chick Fil A. Um, I, I don't know uh, the spicy chicken sandwich, of course. I don't know if it's because the people are so nice or or what, but I just it's I. I mean, if you gave me a blind taste test. I would probably still end up picking that one number one. Well, it's, it's just that good. Well, just let, let's look at it this way. As good as that Popeye's chicken sandwich is, I sent you this early. Like there was a dude that posted a screenshot. Oh, that he got made a Popeye's chicken. <laughs> he got a Popeye's chicken sandwich and he bit into it and it was raw chicken. And you see that? Like, have you ever seen anything like that? From Chick-fil-A ever? I've never seen anything but perfection from Chick-fil-A. In fact, I'll tell right. you I'll tell you one thing that happened to me at Chick-fil-A that I that maybe it makes me biased, I'm not sure. But when I was at Ole Miss, I had just finished um, an eight o'clock exam and it was my last exam of the entire semester and I was about to go home and I was exhausted. I had just pulled an all nighter and I pulled into Chick-fil-A at like 10:25 and they stopped serving breakfast at 10:30. And the guy was like, "Man, listen, so we have a bunch of extra breakfast left over. We have two extra spicy chicken biscuits, we have uh, extra chicken minis and a, and a few extra things of of hash browns. <laughs> do, you, do you do you just want it? I'll just give it to you." And I was like, "Yeah, man. I really do." And I ate every single bite of that food. And it was I mean, fantastic. You can't turn you can't just turn that down. I mean, of course you have to take it. Yeah, and you know, it was <laughs> ever since then Chick-fil-A has just been very special to me. Okay, so before I list mine, just quick recap. Name your five one more time since we took a little bit to explain it. <laughs> Number five is Wendy's, although I'm really debating putting Whataburger there. You know what? Audible. I'm putting Whataburger honey uh, honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich number five. 
I'm putting Kane's number four, uh, Popeye's number three, Zaxby's Cajun Club number two, and Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Sandwich number one. Okay, well, I, I can't say anything about Zaxby's because I, I can count on one hand how many times I've ever been to Zaxby's And you before, live in so, Mississippi. Uh, Shame well, Cane's is, is king here. Oh, <laughs> we, we have Zaxby's, but Cane's is king. I well, mean, just try it for me as your co-host. Try it. Ne- next time I'm in the general area of Zaxby's, I will, there, there's a Best Buy close to it. So next time I go to Best Buy, I'll go to Zaxby's. But anyway... My top five, and look, I didn't realize how how my lack of how bad my lack of chicken sandwich eating was until I started to try, try and think of a top five. Uh, so before Matt reminded me of Whataburger, I was gonna list Sonic in there at number five because that was the last. That's the only chain restaurant, the last one I could think of that. I've actually had a chicken sandwich yet. So, we're scratching that. Forget that. I'm going to put Wendy's at number five because I've only tried a chicken sandwich once there. It was a little bit earlier. Uh, It was great. I'm putting it there. I'm going to put Whataburger, number four. I'm going to put Buffalo Wild Wings at number three. Which, you know, like I was telling you earlier, you could say the same thing about me. Like, oh, why are you getting a chicken sandwich at Buffalo Wild Wings? But I have before. It was good. Put Popeye's at number two. And then, like you said, Chick-fil-A at number one. And it's not just the spicy, you know, sandwich, but just everything there is good. It's impossible <laughs> even their, to beat. Even their grilled chicken sandwich is good. It I don't is know if you've dominant. ever had Yeah. <laughs> Like normally, when you think of a grilled chicken sandwich, it's like eh, it's just going to be kind of bland, rubbery, and I, no, that's not the case. Every single thing they have there is amazing. So it's still king. Popeyes, you know, they've had their hype and they've probably made a ton of money off of this, you know, promotional item. But Chick Fil A is still king. Would well, you and, see how they apparently sold out nationally? Yeah, Quote, that, that's a, that's such a load of crap. Yeah, that 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 was planned. That <laughs> there, chicken a chicken place doesn't just run out of chicken sandwiches. That that's really weird. No, nah, man, that it's it, and then I saw one guy being like, "Oh, well, you know that's it's they're probably just low on manpower." It's like it doesn't take any manpower <laughs> to freeze a fried chicken sandwich. They're just doing it to, oh, to they're goodness. doing it for the ex- exclusivity of the of the chicken, and it's stupid. I mean, it's smart yeah. because it's working. But it's it's dumb. Well, in my area here, and I've I I mentioned this a few times on Twitter in the past few weeks, but my local Chick for Chick Fil A, and we don't have a lot of, we have one that I go to, and then there's another one that's on Southern Miss's campus where I went to college. But that one's like right in the middle of campus, and I really just don't feel like you know parking and going all the way to that <laughs> that one at the middle of campus, but. The one that I go to uh, shut down for like six weeks a couple weeks ago for renovations. And that was right when Popeye's, you know, announced the new chicken sandwich that they were doing. So for for my general area, they couldn't have picked a worse time to do that. So I'm, I'm, very, I'm very ready for Chick-fil-A to come back. I'm having withdrawals. I mean, I really felt it today when I had to 
go to Wendy's. <laughs> well, it forced you to try something new. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's just not the same. But, you know, it, that's one thing we can agree on, though, is Chick-fil-A is still number one. And it's not just because they're super nice and all that, but they're really consistent with their, their product. I mean, it's just everything they, they have is good. Okay, so, so there's one thing about the Cajun Club before we move on to actual basketball conversation. I cannot believe we spent over 10 minutes talking about chicken. This well, is crazy. It's it's two fat guys talking about chicken. Um, right. <laughs> so, Zaxby's, the Cajun Club is actually grilled. That's how okay. that's how good it is. If I'm putting it in my top three and it's grilled, that's how good it is. So I don't have to feel guilty about going to try that. I can tell myself it's grilled. No, and... you just you just got to pour the Zaxby sauce on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it really is fantastic. I'm not kidding. It's the best. Well, like I said, next time I have to go to Best Buy for something, which seems like every couple of weeks, I will try it and I will let you know my thoughts on that but guys we spent a lot of time talking about chicken sandwiches so we're going to go ahead and take our ad break here early so stick with us we'll be back on the other side to get to some actual Mavs topics all right guys we're back uh like I said, we, we didn't intend to spend that much time talking about chicken sandwiches, but it is what it is. It's still August. We're getting closer to spring training. Spring training. We're getting closer to training camp. We're getting closer to preseason. And then the regular season opens on October 23rd. Well, Matt, today, or yesterday, I, I can't remember when at this point. I know <laughs> this week's been super long, and I just know it was in the last day or so. But anyway... We got our first look at Luca playing pickup ball. You know, it's the first time we've seen workout photos, and you know, there were some videos of, of him working out in a gym earlier in the summer. Well, now we have video from BallIsLife.com of him playing in an open gym, playing some pickup ball with uh, Justin Jackson and Dorian Finney-Smith, and even Monte Ellis and. I mean, he, he he really looks like he is in the best shape of his life. He's leaned up. Uh, I mean, he looks ready to go. It's a complete, completely different feel from, you know, how he started off last season. And everything he does, I mean, it's we know this already, but everything he does is just so effortless. And just watching him toy with people, even though it is, you know, a pickup game, and seeing how he's worked on his body this summer, it makes me really, really excited to get this season underway. What do you think about it? Um, I mean, I don't think I was excited as you were, but I, I, it, I mean, he looks great, man. Uh, this is probably the first time he's ever been in shape at, to this level in his entire life. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying I, I was excited by the by like him playing pickup ball in itself. I'm just saying to see him in action cuz you know how people can take Instagram photos and all you know get the lighting right and all this other stuff and no, you know, I mean, might not he he looks about he looks about 15 pounds lighter and like he turned that all that fat into muscle. 
Right. Mean, he, That's he all I'm good. saying. Yeah, he looks real good, and um, it, it was it was nice to see what he looks like on a basketball court and with his you know with his new body. Um, I'm I was probably more anxious to see what Chris Stapps looked like. Uh, we still have to wait on that a little while, but yep. um, it's I mean it's exciting. I it was kind of weird seeing him on the same floor as Monte Ellis, but <laughs> I mean it was cool. it was cool. Monte tried Monte tried his best to set Luca's screen, and it just it just it just wasn't working. Poor Monte. He's what is he like? Thirty four years old now. I don't know, but I mean he's. He looks like he could still play a little bit, so I mean, why not give him a camp invite? Yeah, that that's where we were going to leave with this too. I mean, I the the question I was going to ask is exactly that. You know, should the Mavs extend a camp invitation to Monte Ellis? And I I don't think it could hurt anything. I mean, I I think if they bring him to camp and he shows that. You know, he's still able to contribute at a high level. And, you know, if he's willing to come off the bench and do that, well, I don't know. If he's not I mean, willing I, to come off the bench, that we have, that he has a major problem he needs to think about. Well, I mean, yeah, but that was, that was part of the issue of, you know, why he didn't return to Dallas in the first place. So, I don't know. He's, he's may, probably learned since then. I mean, you you think so, but then you'd also think that Carmelo Anthony would have learned that too. Okay, those are two totally different animals. Don't you dare insult Monte Ellis by comparing him to Man, Carmelo come Anthony. On. You know Monte. You know Monte has some of that old school ego. Yeah, but <laughs> like Carmelo, but it may not be as bad, but he's got it. Carmelo is just like Monte. Have it all, Matt. <laughs> Carmelo is Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and Monte Ellis is just like. The Miz. <laughs> well, I, I I don't think it, I don't think it would hurt. Uh, like I said, if even if he ends up just being like a end of the roster guy, he could potentially be more helpful uh, sooner than some of these other guys. So I I wouldn't be opposed to, it, especially if JJ Barea gets to training camp and you know he doesn't look exactly right and they think they might need some. Uh, you know, like an extra scoring punch off the bench. I think, I think Monte would uh, would fit into that role quite nicely. So, well, but they he would have to come to camp and prove it, though. I mean, there's we're not sure if he can handle it or not. To me, it makes more sense than than giving the spot to you know some other vet veteran minimum player that they don't have yeah. a. Are, they don't they don't already have a relationship with right um or somebody like devin harris who like i just i'm no offense to devin but i just cannot watch him play basketball anymore i just can't do yeah. it yeah i love i love devin harris but I, it, it was time for the for the math to move on there and i just uh, i just especially as, don't go ahead sorry i just i i i it, it would be nice if it was something different for a change and bringing Monte back is pretty much exactly that. Like it'd be, it's just different, and it's not the same end of the bench players that are just sitting there and and rotting. And then, you know, a month later they're getting way too much playing time yeah. because Rick Carlisle loves them. And then it just like 
you know. What well, I mean. in a in another universe, in a in an alternate universe out there, there is a scenario where Devin Harris would have ended back up in Dallas for this upcoming season. But you know, with the emergence of Brunson towards you know, or in the second half of last season, and then they added Seth Curry and DeLon Wright in free agency. I mean, it's just it just wasn't in the cards for for Devin Harris to come back. So it's sad, but I mean, it's the truth of it. But let me ask let me ask you this, Matt: If you had to choose between giving Monte Ellis a camp invite versus guaranteeing a vet minimum contract to a guy like Joe Johnson, who's been tearing it up in the Big Three oh my God. league. <laughs> which 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 would you rather, Monte? You you don't you don't respect dude, what Joe Johnson's three. doing. I like I I hate I hate that so much. I hate the Joe Johnson thing. It's like it's the big three. He's taking four point shots on some dudes who are fifty years old. <laughs> He's killing it, Matt. What are you talking okay, about? Okay, that that's fine. There are fifty year olds that are killing it in the big in the big three too because they don't have to run up and down the court. <laughs> It's a half court game. <laughs> oh my goodness, that that is one of the big knocks. You know, it, it's half court, and so they're not. You can't really tell if 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 they're in NBA shape or not. But uh, to be fair, Joe Johnson physically doesn't look like any of the other people he's playing against in the Big Three, which is why he's you know, doing he, so well. Right, but I mean that that was the whole purpose you know, of the creation of the big three. Players that had uh, been out of the league for a while that hoped to come back, uh, you know, that this was supposed to be a vessel for them to keep working on their game and uh, potentially get the attention of some other teams to give them another shot. Isn't Catino Mobley in, in the freaking big three? He was last year. I don't know if he was this year. I though. mean, come on, man. The... F- the funniest thing I've seen so far in regards to the big three is watching Glenn Davis, big baby, is watching him play because that dude looks like a full-on like Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle <laughs> with a too tight uh, basketball uniform on. That is absolutely hilarious to me. Yeah, I'll admit, Dalton, I never thought I would spend more than two seconds talking about the big three on this podcast but here we are um well it's well i mean i i I have an interest in it because like i said that was their whole purpose was to you know try to get players back into the league uh and um, if joe johnson ends up being signed by some team he would be the first one yeah because it's uh, all old ass dudes like rashad bacants yeah but that's not the guys that are going to make it back. But I mean, that's all that's in the league now except for Joe Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they had to get some players to get this thing started to like show other players, like, hey, you can come do this. Maybe Joe Johnson's success story, potential success story, uh, will, will help him grow a little bit. But, you know, last summer uh, when the Big Three came to Dallas – I don't know if you remember this, but I, I got the chance to uh, do a phone interview with Jim Jackson. And he was play. I don't think he played in the Big Three this year, but he was he was last year. And 
uh, you know, he told me about how it got started and how he got started doing it and all that. And I mean, I just, it really interested, like I was intrigued by it. So, I mean, I've, I've been following them from a distance since then. I'm, I'm not afraid to say I'm a, a big three league fan. So okay, <laughs> jump well, on the bandwagon, if, Matt. If, if Jim Jackson, who was playing in like 1995, <laughs> is in the big three, that's all you need to know. <laughs> But Matt, that's what I'm saying. That's why he's not playing in it this year. You know, because this, he... <laughs> this is actually this is actually a good idea. Um, you know who should be in the big three? Delonte Dude. West. Somebody, Man. somebody, get that guy off the streets. Get him into the big three and get him some money, please. I mean, seriously, Ice Cube so needs sad. to be hunting him down. Like, yeah. Seeing that, I, I was not expecting that. That really, that really hit me in a soft spot there. Seeing Delonte, and uh, at first I thought it was like an older picture or something. But after I read a couple articles, I realized like that's literally his situation right now, and it's it's really sad. It, it seems like he's homeless, and I mean, uh, even though the most memorable thing I can think of from his Dallas tenure is him poking Gordon Hayward in the ear. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really do hope for the best for the guy, and I mean, I think that'd be great if he got a chance in the big three. So, where was that picture taken? I have no idea. I kind of want to just have... like go find him and give him a hug and tell him everything's going to be okay. Invite him over to your place. Well, no, but let him be friends with Gus. N- no, but <laughs> I, I want to get the guy some help. Like somebody needs to find him. Yeah. Maybe we can find him. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my thing is, uh, as much power as LeBron seems to have, you know, in the league and everything, I, we don't have to get into the, the nitty-gritty details here, but <laughs> you know Delonte West's history with LeBron. and uh, LeBron's mother, specifically. <laughs> I mean, so we know LeBron's not going to do him any favors. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, well, we, we won't harp. We won't harp on Delonte West too much. But I do wish the best for him. I hope he does get some help. Yeah, that's really sad. I hope somebody offers him some help, and then I hope he's in a place mentally to where you know he'll accept it and you know try to get on the right path because it's really sad. But. Anyway, we're going to move past the big three discussions. And, Matt, this is going to be the last thing we talk about tonight. Uh, but I've been thinking about it. You know, we we assume, and we're probably correct, that Luca and Christos Porzingis are going to be the Mavs' top two scorers this year. And I'm really not sure who I would put number one right now. I'm... I guess Luca, just because he seems like you know we know more at this point than we do about KP and his health and everything. But you know, as well rounded as Luca's game is, I could see him averaging like twenty three, eight and eight, and then I could see Porzingis averaging like twenty five, twenty six points per game. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I guess if KP is you know, 100% healthy, I'd say he would lead the team in scoring. Uh, and then I'd put Luca number two. But who would you put at number three? Who do you think will be the Mavs' third leading scorer this year? Wow. 
It's hard. This is why nobody thinks the Mavericks are going to make the playoffs. Um, I, well, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not necessarily a a bad problem to have. I I think there's a lot of candidates for it. I just you well, have. Is there to anybody fa- else on the roster? Here's here's the real question: Is there anybody else on the roster capable of averaging 17, 18, 19 points a game? I think Seth Curry is because the last time he was healthy in Dallas playing with Rick Carlisle, he averaged like what thirteen points per game, which was a career high. And I mean, he seems to be more stable now uh, physically than he was his first go around in Dallas. So I think he could easily average that many points per game playing with Luca. Okay. Uh, or close to it. I think it's going. I think it's. I think I want it to be Seth Curry, but I think unf- I, know, I, I, I think I, I un- know where you're going with this. Okay, uh, you're gonna you're gonna say Tim Hardaway Jr. Aren't you? Yes, I think it's probably gonna end up being him, <laughs> and I'm gonna hate it. I knew it. Because <laughs> he's, well, he's see, gonna that's start was... jacking up like 35 shots a game. Well, see, in a in a perfect world. I would want Justin Jackson to emerge. And I, I think he's going to have a really good uh, third season in the NBA. I think he's going to be more effective than he has been to this point in his career. Uh, but I don't know what that's going to look like on paper, you know, with, with averages and stuff. I know his percent – I'm pretty certain his percentages will be good playing with Luka and, and Rick Carlisle's system and everything, just judging by how he played – uh, with the Mavs in 29 games last season. But, I mean, I would like for him to emerge and be the Mavs' third leading scorer, but I, I'm I'm kind of on the same page with you. I, I feel like it's going to end up being Tim Hardaway Jr. if he's healthy. And for better or worse, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. It's not. Uh, given... <laughs> <laughs> given the amount of shots he jacks up, but um, I think it's probably going to end up being him. But I think I think Seth Curry could be a close a close fourth, and I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of uh, Hardaway Jr., Justin Jackson, or Seth Curry, if either one of those three ended up being the third leading scorer, I wouldn't be shocked. Um. It just, I have a bad feeling it's going to be Tim Hardaway. I just really hope I'm wrong. Well, and it, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah, because, it does. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't have to. Because, <laughs> I mean, last year he obviously wasn't, you know, fully healthy. And if he's fully healthy now and, you know, he's playing in a new set, this will be his first time starting out a fresh season uh, in a team not named the Knicks since he had that really good season with Atlanta. Uh, so, I mean, I, I could really – I could see him being used in a way to where he's just as effective as he was for that Atlanta team. You know, not taking as many shots, uh, getting his uh, field goal percentage up, his three-point percentage up. I, I could see that happening for him this year if he's used correctly. Now, I don't know how hard it's going to be for him to break the habits that, you know, were created in New York. Maybe they can't be broken, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see a more effective 
uh, Atlanta Hawks version of Tim Hardaway Jr. this season than what we saw in New York. Well, unless he fixes the way he shoots the ball, I don't see that happening. I mean, he shoots the ball like he's trying to fire a Kamehameha wave or something. It's just, it's all over the place. His arms are just flapping in the air, and it's like, I don't know, it's wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. And see, that's what I don't understand, because like in, we talk about these workout videos and stuff like that, but we've seen some of Tim Hardaway Jr. this summer as well, and it's him working on his shot, and his shot looks really good. And like his landing looks really good, his footwork and everything. I mean, I don't know if he if if it's just like an adrenaline thing when he's in the game and it's <laughs> it just when goes haywire. When he's got the adrenaline, he's just like throwing the ball at the basket. <laughs> it's like yeah. unathletically as possible. It's 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 really weird, and it's it. I don't know it. I thought it, like the first time I ever uh, played with him on like two K. I was like, there's no way that's what his shot looks like in real life. That is atrocious. <laughs> and then I watched him play for the Knicks, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that is what it looks like. Speaking of 2K, 2K20, it comes out this weekend. Uh, no, it doesn't. It comes out next weekend. I keep jumping a week. <laughs> 2K20 comes out next weekend. And as some of you may already know, uh, we set up a Twitch account for the Step Back. It's the same as our Twitter ad. It's at Step Back Mavs. And Matt and I, we are going to give it a go and do a an online streaming of us playing each other in 2K. So if you guys are interested in that kind of thing, be on the lookout. Go ahead and follow us on Twitch and you'll know when we go live and you can watch me take down Matt. Next Friday. Yeah, it comes out next Friday night. Um, yeah. I, I was so excited earlier in this week. I was, I was for whatever reasons, I was thinking it was coming out this Friday night. And then it hit me midweek. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I have to go through this again. But yeah, we'll get um, there. I still don't know who I'm going to play with yet. Well, look, it's just gonna be a, it's gonna be a crap fest. So <laughs> I just I know we, we we set the ground rules that neither of us can be the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, no, we can't be the Mavs, and I don't. I haven't ever seen you play, but you know the way I play, it mainly consists of just a bunch of pick and rolls. So, well, <laughs> I mean, sure, uh, pick and rolls and way too many threes. So. It just depends on who I get, whether I'm going to win or not. I need I need a really ISO-heavy point guard. <laughs> That's what I need. Well, uh, you probably need to get the Rockets then. I was thinking about that. <laughs> couple of ISO but, guys. But anyway, guys, uh, like I said, if you want to check that out, go follow us on Twitch. Uh, you can find me at Dalton underscore Trig on Twitter. You can find Matt at Matt Galatson on Twitter. Uh, we have, like I said, we have a account for the podcast at Step Back Mavs. That's also on Instagram, and we're on Facebook too. So we are literally everywhere now. Uh, if if you ever have any questions, be sure to send us a message to those podcast accounts, um, and we will do our best to answer them. And you, you never know, we might end up talking about it 
on the show. That's happened a couple times. People send us messages, and it turns into a topic discussion the next week. So feel free to do that. Also, guys, don't forget about our uh, opening night ticket giveaway. Uh, All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, search for us on there, uh, give us a rating, and leave a review. And in the review, just leave your Twitter name or your Instagram name so we know who you are. And that's it. That's all you have to do to be entered into the drawing. And two weeks before opening night, we're going to do a live Twitter video. uh, Well, I'm going to do a live Twitter video with all of your names in a a hat or a bowl or something. I'm going to shake it up, and we're going to do a a live reveal of who won those tickets. So be sure to do that. Matt, anything else before we take off here? Not really. Um... I'm, uh, we've, we've talked about it all. We, we've we've just we've you know exhausted every NBA topic outside of you know Boogie Cousins having a warrant out for his arrest. I'd rather not talk about that. Yeah. So um, no, I mean we we appreciate it. Go check out our new site at mavssi.com, and if you're a Cowboys fan, go to cowboyssi.com. Um, I'll have a story up later recapping the Cowboys game tonight. And Dalton's going to write 10,000 words on uh, a minute-long Luca uh, pickup game video. So uh, I cannot wait, and I know y'all can't either. It's going to be amazing. So, yeah, go, go, go check us out. <laughs> but, yeah, guys, like Matt said, we truly appreciate the support y'all have shown uh, throughout this summer. And it's just getting started up again. You know, once training camp gets here, uh, then the preseason will be here, and the opening opening night will be here before we know it, and we'll be at it 24/7. So we appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a great weekend. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.